0: Good morning, muses. It's Katie Skinner, her again, back at it for another episode of the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Um, for those of you who may have been following me on my stories, um, I've just moved into a new house. We just bought a house with um, my husband and his sister, um, the three of us, combined our incomes, combined our savings, combined our brain power, combined our skills. And it turns out, um, if you've seen on Instagram, i shared that that's like not what I thought my life would look like. I thought that my husband and I—I I don't really know. I didn't really have that finely tuned, but I just kind of thought that like my husband and I would buy our own house and live with ourselves. And it's not because I didn't want to share a house with somebody else, but there's a couple reasons. Um, one was because I wanted to have children, and I was really afraid of being vulnerable of. Like having children is very vulnerable. I don't know if you've ever' you've had children or you're pregnant or what have you. um a lot of you who listen do um it's very vulnerable. It's like such a personal experience while simultaneously very communal. It's so strange um so when I'm at home with my baby, I just feel super vulnerable like I breastfeed him. So sometimes the boobies are out. Sometimes I get frustrated and I need to sit down and like take a breather and then don't even get me started on toddlers. Like I don't have a toddler. Um, but someday I will. (laughs) August is currently two months old. And, um, that just kind of, it's just a little vulnerable to share a house, like to buy a house is different than roommates to me. Like you could live in a house with roommates and you all have your separate leases or you all kind of have your own separate deal. But to buy a house with somebody is like, let me share in my lifestyle with you. And I just felt really vulnerable in sharing that with another person because Evan has seen me at my hottest of hot, hottest messes And he's a father too. So what goes on with me and what goes on with August goes on with him too. But to share that with his sister as well, and this is no comment on Emily because she is absolutely one of my favorite people in the world, um, is just, it's a little vulnerable um, because Emily is also a very social person um, and she just has a lot going on. She's really career focused. I actually did a podcast interview with her and it's one of my most top downloaded episodes. Um, It's called How to Make Your Own Perfect Job. Um, scroll back. I don't know the episode number, but it's there. It's called how to find your own perfect job with Emily, her, um, anyway, uh, she's amazing. And her lifestyle is different. I don't want to say it's different, but she's very social. And I was just nervous of opening up that vulnerability or like, what if we disagree about how something should go? Because when you're a homeowner, you can do renovations on the house. You can paint a wall. You can take a wall out. You can put in like fixtures. you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, But I was also nervous about like being judged for my parenting decisions or like opening that up to somebody else. It's just, it's a little vulnerable. Like, would you buy a house with one of your siblings and your partner or one of your partner's siblings? Um, Because I know my sister did something similar. Um, Her husband and his brother all own a house together because they live in California and housing over there is not cheap. Um, It's not cheap anywhere, but um, that's just like what I have been navigating. Um, But we're here now and we have moved in. We are currently – there's boxes everywhere. I'm looking around me. There's boxes everywhere. But it's just such a beautiful place. It really could not have come together better. Um, I'm so happy with it. Uh, it, I could go into heavy detail. I actually think I might make a whole podcast episode about the emotional process of buying the house. I mean – I really want to talk about like what specifically through the whole home buying process we did, what I recommend other people do. um, And what specifically did I have to surrender to? Cause in my Instagram caption the other day, I talked about how I had to surrender to something better um, buying a house with another person in Richmond, which I did not picture myself buying a house in Richmond. um, But it turned out to be better than any plan that I could have come up with because um, as you probably know by now, Sometimes our like ego mind, like our our man mind, the carnal mind, whatever you want to call it, the lizard brain, thinks a little bit too limitedly, like with too many limitations. Um, And, you know, God's perspective, the universe's perspective, the bigger picture, whatever you want to call it. Is just so much greater and better. Um, So, if somebody were to ask me, and a couple people have asked me, how did you buy a house? How did you buy a house in this economy? Um, The answer is, I didn't buy a house. We bought a house. We did it together. We combined our brain powers. We had lots of meetings. (laughs) Um, We had a series of different meetings, such as we had what we called a blue sky meeting, where we talked about like dreams, like no limitations, like what are your dreams before. We bring in the heaviness of money or banks or loans or any limitations. Like, let's talk blue sky. Like, w- what if everything were perfect? What would we do? And then we kind of honed in on, like, okay, how much money do we have? What bank should we go with? And I was, all, I was super pregnant during this whole process. So, whew, it was just a lot. Um, but we're here now. And something that I've been talking about on my Instagram stories lately is um, this morning routine that I felt very called to implement. Um, Evan doesn't really get it, but he he's like, okay, girl, you do your thing. I love you. Um, but one thing that I really feel called to do. See, there's a coffee shop that it's like one of those outdoorsy coffee shops. If you live in a city, like you probably have seen them everywhere, but it's it's like entirely outdoors. Um, so the barista has like a little window, and you order at the window, um, and then you sit on the patio, or you just keep walking. Um, so there's a coffee shop there. It's a nine minute walk, including dogs. So dogs slowing me down. It takes nine minutes to get there. Um, they have a very, very varied menu. So you can get lots of different things, um, including food and like pastries as well as just like a cold brew or a latte, whatever. Um, and it's a local business, which I love. Um, so I just felt very called, very, very, very strongly, like this is this excites me, this idea excites me. Where um every morning I get up and without thinking about it, I put my shoes on, I leash up my dogs, I strap in my baby, and I go to that coffee shop and I get an iced coffee and I come back. And like that's it, like that's my day. Don't think about it. It probably takes 30 minutes tops, that whole process. But there's just something so daunting about getting out the door ASAP, leashing up my dogs. We have a backyard, like a fenced in yard. So I always make these excuses of like, oh, I don't need to leash up my dogs. I don't, like, I don't need to take them on a walk because they have the yard to play. And then the dogs feel neglected. And you know, there's a new baby. And then I feel, I, it's just, it, I feel so connected to this idea of just getting this done. And I've worked at coffee shops um, a lot. I've worked at many, including Starbucks and a lot of smaller ones around the DC and Richmond. Um, and I just always felt like my highest self, (laughs) the version of me that has made it quote unquote, um, goes to a coffee shop every day, order something simple or not, you know, maybe I'll get something a little bougie. I don't know. Order something simple, tips well, like okay, you get an iced coffee and you hand the barista a $5 bill and you say, keep the change. And you do that every day. To me, that is just so powerful. Like that routine, that certainty, that connection to the community. First thing in the morning, you wake up, you say hello to the barista, you're kind, and you practice your presence. That's a huge component of this Um, because I've worked in coffee shops for so long that I have seen um, a lot of people with poor presence. Like they come in, they're overwhelmed. They don't know what the hell's going on. They don't know where their wallet is. Um, and that's, you know, fine. That is to be human. Um, but it made me curious on like, how can I practice my presence and having two dogs, um, who are energetic, um, as well as a baby. And I'm here alone Monday through Friday, cause Evan's a teacher. So I have the weekends off. He has the weekends off. Um, I was just really, I didn't want to lean into like this poor presence. Like I really wanted to keep myself socialized because I'm a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> um, and I wanted to just practice this little gift to myself, this little, little treat at the end of the road, which is just taking a nice short little walk to the coffee shop. And this is by no means like an astronomical feat, but it feels like it some days. Um, turns out realistically, I can't just t- put my shoes on and get out the door um, because I have a baby and he needs a diaper change. And sometimes he cries because he's hungry. But I found that if I uh, find a, hit that sweet spot where I wake up and get out the door, um, I can um, get out there after a feeding. And, um, you know, so I don't I don't I can just I can just get it. it's all that sweet spot. If you have a newborn, you know that it's all about finding those sweet spots on when you can act and how and what have you. Um, so that's sort of a Related <laughs> to um, today's topic, which is huge, how to step out of the employee mindset and be your own boss. Um, and it's it's all about a mindset. This is what I'm gonna specifically be speaking about because this has been a huge hurdle of mine. Um, I really have that employee mindset really ingrained in me. I've talked about this in other episodes that getting over that who do I have to be in order to succeed according to your standards? <laughs> yours being your boss, society, your parents, whatever. Who do I have to be? Give me the template, give me the rules and I will do it. Um and then when you step into entrepreneurship, you find that like you're just grasping for the template. You're grasping for you know, like the rules, like what, what the trends, what's everyone doing. And if you have any experience with entrepreneurship, you know, that if you're just chasing trends and if you just started and you don't know this yet, you're going to learn it. If you're just chasing trends, like what's everyone doing these days, and you don't have a solid value system, you don't have like pillars of, of like what you deliver and the values behind what you do, like a mission statement, you know, um you don't have a strong why you're going to be blown into the wind every which way. And I'm not saying this to judge you because I absolutely have done that. <laughs> I absolutely have allowed you know, TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and what's that guy doing? Blow me every which way when it really helps to become secure within yourself. And that's why people hire coaches. And like that's why they like just hire some type of mentor to be their rock and prevent or like give them the luxury of not having to look every which way it's like kind of this iron rod if you will like this is what this this person reminds me of my values they are the person that I can ask questions to instead of me having to constantly look to TikTok and see what everyone else is doing because TikTok is fun. And I'm a huge fan of Googling everything. Um, really like I, um, one of my clients described me as the scrappy entrepreneur and what she meant by that was that I'm not afraid to just figure it out. Like if I don't know the answer to something and I don't want to, you know, like bother somebody else to, um, find the answer, I will just Google it, which is really my biggest point with how to step into entrepreneurial mindset. You have to, have to, have to shift your mindset, your focus onto how can I figure this out? Um, because when I was an employee and guys, I don't know if you know my story. I have been an employee to to so many places. Oh my God. I feel like half of my life I've spent being like on my first day at a new job, learning their, their systems. Oh my God. I was a manager of a tanning salon, uh, manager in training. I didn't make it to my own store before I quit. Uh, <laughs> I worked at a Starbucks. I worked as a manager of a bar restaurant in downtown DC. Um, I've worked at spin studios. I've worked at yoga studios. Um, I've worked at many clothing stores. Oh my God. Like, whoo, like I just, I, you know, that's just my story. I can't keep a job down because I do not want to. Um, And I've talked about this a lot in my last episode about how to stop comparing yourself to others. Um, And I talked about my human design and how I personally thrive. And maybe this is you. And if this is you, just breathe a sigh of relief that you are absolutely not alone. You are absolutely not a weirdo. You are following your design. You're following what lights you up. You're following your the like you're given the tools in society you're given the resources there's jobs and there's the internet and there's you know all these rules and you take them as like little legos and you build your own thing so for me every time i worked at starbucks or worked as a lifeguard or like <laughs> worked all these different places um i've actually thought about doing a podcast episode where i kind of like broke down literally every job i've ever had and what i learned from that from each job because the lessons are real um and to give anybody else out there comfort that you are not broken if you decide to like follow this model if it is serving you because what I would do is I would um start a new job every day on the first day I would feel so prepared and committed to the job on the first day absolutely like I'm here I'm ready to learn I'm ready to eager to ask questions I am in it to win it my friend um and then I would kind of like master that level. So like let's say that I was hired as a barista or um you know like, like like just something kind of basic entry level barista. Not that being a barista is basic because it is one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. <laughs> it's like if you want to learn the meaning of hustle and um uh you know being split in so many different directions multitasking <laughs> then being a barista is for you. Okay. So um but then once I felt like I reached this level of mastery, I would like, feel ready to move on. I'd be like, okay, what else is there out there? Ooh, maybe I could be a lifeguard. Ooh, maybe I could work at a thrift store. Like, I wonder what I could learn over there. Um, And I've gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of criticism that this is just not, that's, that's just not the way to be. You need to have loyalty. You need to commit yourself to one certain thing. And as I shared in my last podcast episode, and I'll reiterate every day until I die, that some of us are just not designed that way. And Oh my God, I don't know if you could hear that. I'm so sorry. That was a motorcycle. Moving on. Um, Some of us are just not designed that way. And while loyalty is a very strong value to have, I think loyalty is, is important. I am loyal to my husband. I'm loyal to my family. I'm loyal to my children. I'm loyal to my dogs. Like I have done some big things for loyalty, but I am not loyal to the system that like, you know, hires employees for, minimum wage. And, you know, if you see these businesses, if you've been inside of these businesses, they are set up to be revolving doors. I'm not going to say all of them, but if you work at like a big corporation like McDonald's or Palm Beach Tan, which is where I worked for, Starbucks, um, I could go on. Um, they really are set up with this exp- exp- expectancy, the expectation that their entry-level employees are revolving constantly. Um, so don't feel bad for quitting after two weeks. Um, I remember one time I had a job and I called my mom crying after two weeks because I was like, I, it's too hard, I don't wanna do it. It's too hard, I don't wanna do it. I can't do I need to quit. Like, it's too stressful and I need to focus on school and I need to quit. And my mom was like, okay, so quit. <laughs> uh, you know, you need to focus on school. What are you doing picking up these like really stressful, intense jobs for not that much money? And I said, like, oh, I can't just quit. It's only been two weeks. And she said something that really clicked for me. She was like, okay, this company invests so much money into their training because they know that, like, they don't need you. They're going to be okay. Um, Like, the CEO is going to sleep fine at night. Your manager will be okay. They'll hire somebody else. I'm sure they get constant applications. Of course, this was before, you know, 2020 labor shortage (laughs) everyone's hiring this was of course before that but even if you are in that situation right now you're fine um even as you start to work up to like entry-level office jobs um i've had a couple entry-level office jobs same deal maybe they say a couple things that make you feel like um (laughs) that make you feel like you're valued and you're needed when in reality maybe you need that job more than they need you um I had a job once. I worked for Goldman Sachs, if any of you remember that. And when I got that job, everyone was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. How did you do it? And it was like in their downtown DC office. And everyone was like, oh my God, how did you do that? How did you get that job? And I personally felt like I had failed. I felt like that job was just a huge failure because I really, really wanted to go all in on my dreams as an entrepreneur. I really wanted to just be full-time. I wanted to be making six figures. I wanted to be drawn in the money. Um, I wanted all those things. But the fact of the matter is, is that my income was not consistent enough um, and I didn't have enough like tax stubs for me, for us to rent a new place. Um, I also wanted to build up my savings. I also wanted to like buy a car. And one day, Evan and I wanted to buy a house, and here we are. Um, and I just kind of like, uh, you know, swallowed my pride and got a job that paid, you know, enough. Um, somewhere reputable, somewhere where maybe I could work on my online business on the computer on the side or something. Um, somewhere comfortable that I could sit all day where I didn't have to be standing all day. That's like what my manifestation was. And what I ended up getting was this desk job at Goldman Sachs. And fortunately that job did allow me to work on my online business. I came home so revved up in my purpose. Like that's when I planned that retreat. Um, For those of you who remember, I planned a retreat called Spiritual Money Money Vibes. Um, It was canceled due to COVID, but I just like came home so fired up. I took clients at nighttime. I took cook clients on the weekend. Like I was so fired up because that job was so boring. That job was so boring that I all day just like daydreamed about the ways that I could help people. And I can't wait till I can go home and write a blog post about all these things. Um, but also that job paid $19 an hour, which in DC is mm, decent. It's not great, but like it'll allow you to kind of get things done um better than any other payment I've gotten anywhere else though to be honest but of course remember that DC the cost of living is a little bit higher um, but it allowed us to rent a new apartment because we had to show proof of income, which I'm pretty sure that if I showed them the proof of income for my entrepreneurship, they might've been like, Oh, this is a little sketchy. Um, even with my husband who was a teacher who, who is a teacher and he is, you know, a normal guy, he's, he's a normie, he has a conventional job. So he's able to like provide tax stubs easy. Um, but for me, I, um, it was a little itchy and I just wanted to feel confident I wanted to feel confident that I could walk in and get my apartment because honestly living a comfortable life with a roof over our heads in a city that is a little unforgiving DC um I I wanted to feel confident that was more important to me than my pride at the time of no I'm an entrepreneur and I need to do this and that's honestly one of the biggest reasons why um I've gotten jobs is because I'm like you know I really value my business. I value my clients. I value the courses that I've created for people. I value the services that I offer. Um, I offer hypnosis. I offer coaching. I offer creative consulting. I offer marketing consulting, um, and of course, in my copywriting or in my marketing business, Namaste Creative, I offer marketing consultations. I offer, um, you know, marketing work, and I offer copywriting and all those kinds of things. I do a lot. I also do psychic readings. Um, where I can channel like people's creative energy and help them start their new projects or continue the momentum of their new projects, I do a lot, and I really, really, really love it. <laughs> uh, manifesting generator vibes, I do um, so much, um, but I, I knew that in order for me to really have momentum and to move forward, I needed to have some kind of job, um, but. Yeah. So all of that to be said, <laughs> that employee mindset can be a bitch. And I'm I'm not sugarcoating anything. It can be really hard because when you're an employee, it's kind of like th- there's a limit. There's a cap on your creativity, there's a cap on your income, there's a cap on what you can get away with, there's rules. And of course, rules can be made to help other people. Like rules are there for a reason. Um, but there is, there is that cap. I'm sure you've, this is something that I've, if you're anything like me, this is something you've gone through because this is something that I've gone through a lot is okay. I'm working somewhere. I have a new job. They tell me that I'm a member of the family and I'm a valued member of the team. And they are really pleased with my work because I do pick up things quickly. I really, really do. Um, every job I've ever had, I felt like very quickly I got into the flow of things. I used to work in the surgical unit of an animal hospital and, I remember feeling like, "Oh my God, this is so scary, but then I also felt like this is a skill that I really want to learn, and working there really helped me as a dog owner and as a as a dog lover, and like when people want to get a new dog or have questions about their dog, they ask me um as like kind of like the friends you know who might know, not as an expert because i I'm not a vet, of course, or a vet tech um but I did feel like I picked up so much there that, that that, like, short amount of time that I worked at the animal hospital, I really do feel like provided so much value for me as a person and, like, you know, well-rounded round, out my interests. But, okay, so you pick it up. You master. Your boss that you're doing a good job, and maybe you offer some type of insight on, like, how things could go more smoothly. Like, hey, maybe if we pivoted this way, maybe you know, the process will go smoother or maybe we should get a water cooler in the break room or maybe we could do pizza Fridays. Like, I don't know, whatever creative idea that you have that could make the place suck less. (laughs) That's kind of what I had. Like I had, um, I once had an office job where the physical surroundings were very bleak. Um, There was like fluorescent lighting and it was like really ugly and it would get really hot during the day. And it really affected my mental health and my ability to show up to work. Um, It just, I did not look forward to being there. I didn't mind the work so much, but it was just the physical surroundings were really drab, really blah. And so I made a couple suggestions on like, can I, you know, put in a Himalayan salt lamp? Can I put up a painting? Can I bring in plants? Can we, you know, whatever, whatever. And my boss is really weird about it. And she said, absolutely not. Like, uh, you know, I don't want other people's stuff in here. And that is the lesson that I learned that the physical surroundings to me, are very important. Wherever I work, I am so grateful for cute coffee shops. I'm so adamant about my workspace at home being in alignment with me. I'm not going to say it's always clean <laughs> or it's always perfect or on brand or, or you know, Instagrammable, of course not, but it, it is in alignment with me. I can look around and say like, yeah, this is me. So for example, our current home right now is um, a mess <laughs> and there's a lot of boxes sitting around. Um, but I can say with certainty that it is in alignment with who I am. I feel like this place is very us. It's very me, Evan and Emily. I feel in alignment when I'm here. Um, So maybe you had a boss who kind of like shut down a creative idea of yours. And that really sucks. Like that really hurts it. It feels frustrating. And to me, when I am frustrated, when my energy is flowing somewhere, like, you know, when you have a creative idea, it's like your energy is flowing in that direction and nobody can stop you. Nobody should stop you. (laughs) You want to keep going. You want to create, you want to make an impact wherever you go. If you're anything like me, which you probably are in that way, Um, you want to go. And if your boss says, "Mm, no, and they can't be reasoned with, and that boss is your cap like, God, that's just frustrating. Um, same with, you know, I had a friend who was in the situation, and I've been in the situation myself, um, where you go for a promotion, or you go you ask for a raise, because you know that the work you're doing is undervalued. So you do what you need to do in order to get your raise, you ask for your raise, you put up a convincing argument, or you put up like a really good case for you know, you being the one that needs to be promoted. And your boss says, mm, No, like, I don't think it'll fly with corporate or Uh, You know, ask me next quarter. And that is so frustrating that my advice to you in that situation is to take that energy and keep flowing. Like, don't stop and say, oh, mm, okay, too bad. Maybe say, okay, not right now. If you feel in alignment with that decision, if you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to try again in a few months and keep that energy flowing. Keep the momentum going because if it falls flat and you start to feel very helpless where you work... um, in anything, like whether you're an entrepreneur or especially if you're an employee, because I want all the employees out there who feel like there is a limitation. Like, you know, your boss has the final say. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that can, there's lots of benefits to that. Um, but to keep the energy flowing, don't fall flat and feel like you are helpless. Um, and that you, there's nothing else out there for you. And that this is your reality because I have been there, And I'm telling you, that really crushed my soul. There was like a few months there where I was just in this space of, you know, month to month feeling like this is how much money I make and there's nothing I can do about it. This is my life and there's nothing I can do about it. This is where I work and there's nothing I can do about it. These are my physical surroundings and there's nothing I can do about it. This is where I live and this is nothing I can do about it. Um, I remember at that time I had a landlord who was really, he was really strict. Like he was, I'm sure everybody's had like that frugal landlord who's really strict, who doesn't allow certain things. We begged him to let us have a dog because he was really against having dogs, but we begged him and we offered to pay more money. Um, so we did. So he let us have a dog. <laughs> we only had one dog at the time. Um, and he just didn't let us do anything. So now I'm like so grateful to be a homeowner where I'm like, you know what? Nobody can tell me that I can't paint this wall pink. Nobody can tell me that I can't screw something in the ceiling and install a swing for my son. Like nobody can tell me that. And of course, Evan and Emily and I discuss these things between us um, and we all come to an agreement and maybe one of us will have an idea of like, I really want to take out this wall or I want to screw something in here. And then the uh, the other two of us are like, okay, go for it, but I don't know how to do it. You're kind of on your own. I'll help you, but you are in charge of research. Or, you know, if we sell the house, like you're in, in charge of figuring out how to patch that up and what have you. Um. So, okay, so back to what I was saying. The first tip is n- no matter what you're doing, Don't let yourself feel completely helpless and keep the energy flowing wherever you are. So if you, let's say that you're making the transition from being a full-time employee to, you know, you want to work for yourself eventually, or you're there or you're close, wherever you are, because it is a spectrum. You're not like just an employee or just an entrepreneur. And some of people are full-time entrepreneurs, but they are really still in that employee mindset. And I've been in that too, because there have been phases where I have been a full-time entrepreneur. Um, like I haven't worked at a like a job job. Um, and that's kind of, that's where I'm at right now. Um, like I am not on somebody's W-2 currently. I'm not on you know anyone's schedule or no one's expecting me to show up to work or anything like that. Um, but wherever you are on that spectrum, of course it's not black or white. There's lots of people who are doing both um, or one or the other. Um, is to keep the energy flowing. How do you keep the energy flowing? It's like not, I, I visualize my energy moving in a current. And if I get stuck in one place, I keep going, like a river. Like if, a, if there's a rock there or a branch there, you stop and then you just flow around it. You keep going. And when that river completely dams up, then pressure builds up. And that's no good um, because then you start to, in my experience, and what I've seen with many, many clients, is that they start to manifest symptoms of illness. Um, they start to get sick. They start to, you know, get colds and they get runny noses because that energy has to come out somewhere. And in my case, in 2017, I developed the worst depression that I have had in a really long time. And for me, depression manifests when this dam starts to build up and I feel so full and I have so many, so much other people's energy in me and I have so much frustration and I have like so much resentment building up. That has been when I have been the most depressed in my life. And it's like these lights start to turn off in my house. Like if you visualize your, you know, your spirit, your mind, your body being a house, these lights start to turn off and, uh that's really frustrating and it just feels like you're dimming yourself because your energy can't flow somewhere and you know the bigger your your energy current gets the more you know the wider your river becomes the stronger of an impact that you can make and then eventually there's really no stopping you. Like maybe you'll be kind of delayed for a little bit, but then you'll get right back into it. And you'll feel intuitively when something is not right for you so much faster if you keep just following that energy. So that's a little bit more of an esoteric kind of mindset tip. But having that visual in my mind really, really, really helps me guide guide my decisions. Um, And that kind of ties in with my first point of like, when you're an employee, you when you're sorry when you're an entrepreneur you have to have to have to have a mindset of what can i do so let's say that you you know something that i've run into a lot is um a lot of people will tell you that to be an entrepreneur you need to have a lot of overhead. You need to have a physical location, you need to have like a brick and mortar. Um you need to pay for an email subscription service, you need to pay for a scheduling service like you know um acuity or calendly, um canva, photoshop. Like you need to have all this overhead. And to me, I was just not willing to do that right away. Um, I was determined to, you know, be that scrappy entrepreneur and tape two pieces of tape together and make it work. Um, Because I really, really, really wanted this, but I didn't want that like stress of having so much overhead when I was just getting started. Because even if someone has probably told you like, oh, just make the investment, it's worth it later. And people have told me that like, if you invest in a website, if you invest in... um. You know, pay for a website, pay for a domain, pay for you know uh, Canva Pro, pay for Planoly, you know the the paid version of Planoly, pay for all of these things, and your success will just come. But the way that I see it is that if your stress is really, really high and you're constantly anxious about your overhead, you will not thrive. I, that's the way that I see it. Um, for some people it feels like. Oh, that's like a, that's a goal I have. If my overhead is, let's say, $1,000 a month. I'm just making this up. If your overhead is $1,000 a month, then that's my goal is to hit that and beyond so that I make profit. Okay, excuse me. I had to save August from his sad, sad plight. Um, but here we are. Okay, so my strong belief is that for me, it, like, I feel so much more relaxed I feel less in fight or flight. I have less anxiety and I can just get work done if I don't have all this overhead. So for me, you know, just about every program, software program that that entrepreneurs love has a free version or a free alternative. And I really just pursued that and made that work no matter what anybody said um, or you, you have to, you're not legit unless you have blah, 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 whatever. And what I've found is that like, I don't really think that clients care too much about whether or not you have the paid version of acuity or whatever if you are a little disorganized and you're really overwhelmed and you don't seem like you know what you're doing. a client can feel or a buyer or you know whatever can feel a little unsafe purchasing from you um so like let's say that you sell um like tangible products, you have your own skincare line, you make jewelry on Etsy et cetera um and your response time is like really slow uh then you know maybe someone might feel a little unsafe buying from you they're worried that if they get something from you um you they you know they'll never they'll never hear back and then their money is in the ethers and then they'll never get their product and so like some paid things you know maybe hiring an assistant to help you work faster um, just helps clients feel a little safer and it feels more like an easy yes. And then in that way the energy keeps flowing and you're not getting stopped and all those kinds of things. Um and sometimes a paid website or like a website that looks fresh and put together just kind of gives off this energy of legitness. But just know that if you don't feel legit within yourself, then a website's not gonna do it for you. Like no one's gonna look at your website if you're not like getting the basics down. <laughs> um so just keep going and know that there's there's never a reason for you to just give up. Like, oh man, I can't I can't afford the $15 a month uh MailChimp thing. Or maybe you don't you don't want like maybe it's not that you can't afford it. It's like you just don't feel ready and you don't know all of the services yet. I can't tell you how many people I've met who have upgraded and paid for Kajabi, which is like a um a course hosting software, which is like thousands of dollars a year. I think it's like $1,000 a month. I'm not entirely sure. I've never gotten it. I don't have it, but I've had clients who have. And they they buy it and they don't know what it does entirely. They don't know how to use it. And there's so many features that are just going completely unused um, in Kajabi. Uh, And uh, hey, if you feel comfortable spending that money month after month, I know for me personally, it was just too much stress. Something that I actually have done though is that what I have done is, I'll buy the year. Like, if you buy a year of, of um, Squarespace, for example, it's a lot more affordable if you pay for the year at a time. If you have that money up front to invest, um, it's of course more. So, like, if you pay, I think it's twenty four dollars a month for Squarespace as your your website hosting, or it's a couple hundred dollars to buy for the the year. Um, but you save some money if you buy it for a year at a time. That's like basically how all memberships work. If you have that money and you know that you need that thing, that's how I paid for my website and my um, email domain because I knew I needed this, but I didn't want to worry about another $9 coming out of my bank account when I didn't know when. (laughs) Um, And that has really taught me the lesson as an entrepreneur to like always know when money is coming in and out. Um, Always be paying attention because when I was an an employee, I would get my biweekly paycheck and I would just cash it and then I wouldn't think about anything else. I would just kind of like, Swipe my card and not think about it, which is not a good habit to have. Um, But as an entrepreneur, I am more diligent and I am more respectful of my money. I'm much less likely to piddle it away because there's so much that you have to do with it. Like if you see money as a friendship, which if you know me, you know that I'm a very big advocate about developing an intimacy with the things that intimidate you. Um, I talk a lot about uh, your body as seeing your body as your friend or seeing money as your friend. So money is your friend. Um, For me, uh, as an entrepreneur, I've just had to develop a much closer relationship with money. Like we've had a lot of back and forth. We've had to like kind of coordinate with each other a lot um, versus money just kind of being like that friend that you see every now and then that kind of come and go. But like, you know, that's the kind of my positive spin on it when I choose not to get overwhelmed with little, little things. So I personally felt more comfortable investing in Squarespace for the year. Um, and then just kind of moving on with my life. But that being said, you do not need a website. The reason that I have one is because I built one, and so I might as well have it. (laughs) Um, And I also felt a little bit more um, comfortable having something off of social media entirely. You do not need to do, do this if you're getting started, but I don't know if you guys remember a couple months ago, this was at some point in late 2021, when Facebook and Instagram were down for like a whole day. And that didn't really bother me. Like, it didn't really affect much for me in that day. Um, I didn't really have any content planned. I I was pregnant at the time, so I was, like, really taking it slow at the time. So, it just didn't, really get in the way for me. Um, People who need me know where to find me. Um, But it really made me think, like, man, I am putting so much into Facebook and Instagram for them to just, like, break down one day. Like, I really should... Invest a little bit more in websites or in um, email marketing because how are you like? Why is it that Facebook and Instagram like own my client base and why is it that they can control who can see my content? Um, so that was really really stressful. Um, but again, being an employee sometimes can teach you this is what you need to do in order to succeed, and being an entrepreneur, it really doesn't work like that. I mean, there's a couple things, I guess, and there's nuances to that conversation, but. Being an entrepreneur is amazing because it really is, you know, it's up to you. So I had a few things click for me when I had August and I started getting all this parenting advice. Like you must, you know, oh my God. Like the worst advice is like if the baby is crying, do not spoil him and run him immediately. If the baby wants to, you know, be on you all day, you need to teach him to be um, dependent on himself. That's terrible advice. But getting all this advice made me think like, wow, a lot of people feel like they are doing parenting wrong because there are so many rules. Like I go to Target and I look down the baby aisle and there are so many products there that I don't buy. I don't need them. I don't buy them. But somebody else might need them and somebody else might buy them. And how many people go down Target and see in the baby aisle, the kid aisle, whatever, all these products, and they feel like they're failing because they're not buying them. So one example that I talked about with my midwife is lactation cookies. She told me like you do not need lactation cookies. Eat a bowl of oatmeal a day. Drink some coconut water in your uh, coconut milk, sorry, in your coffee because those two help with milk supply. And don't put yourself under too much stress if you can help it, and then your milk supply will be good. You probably don't need to go and buy you know, lactation treats. And like, if you've seen, there's so many, um, there's lactation cookies and there's lactation smoothies and like all these things that help build supply. If you find them and you enjoy them, that's great. Um, I have some lactation candies that my doula gave me. Um, but it made it, cl- it clicked for me that like entrepreneur has so many shiny new objects and you can easily get shiny object syndrome when in reality if you stick to the basics and follow where the energy flows like if you just feel very you know curious about about going down a certain route if you feel like you want to add on something else onto your services but nobody else is doing it you might be the first person that you know who is who is doing things the way that you do them and i struggled with this for a really long time like I'm the only one who is offering the services that I offer. I must be doing something wrong. Um, you know, I want—I really want. Like for me, a huge, huge, huge rule in my business is that I do not do something if it does not feel good. Um, I will not take a client if I don't feel like they're respectful, no matter how much money they want to pay me, um, because it doesn't feel good. And I—I I, I have to build this business in a way that I. I want to, because there's a lot of advice out there about doing things that work, but they ultimately don't feel good to you. Like you might feel like you can't sleep as well, sleep as well at night if you do them, um, or you know that you're going to be take you're going to be overextending yourself. And I'm just in a position right now where I know so well that if you do the things that you enjoy and you, you follow the little things that make you feel excited and light you up then you're going to have more energy to do something else. And anytime I do something that frustrates me, you know, I I run into a roadblock and there's like a wall there. It like, it's like the dam builds up. And I feel like I don't even want to do anything anymore. But whenever I start my day with a little win, or I, you know, do a a project that's really exciting to me, I, I want to keep going. I want to keep working. And then that's how empires are built. (laughs) And of course, with support of other people who feel lit up by doing something else, like, You know, if you ever get to the point where you want to hire somebody else, like, you know, let them do the things that light them up, like video editing or caption writing or email marketing or, um, you know, helping you create your orders and, and getting them out, responding to client inquiries, whatever that is. But also, please let me mention like a little disclaimer here that there are nuances to the only do what light you up quotation. I'm saying it's no quotation marks. Only follow what lights you up question because it is a practice, just like anything, <laughs> um, we can't all just like only pursue what lights us up and something can exhaust you and make you feel tired and let you up at the same time. I think a good example of that for me, um, is, you know, taking care of my baby. It's exhausting, but it feels satisfying. Um, you know, for my husband, it's digging a hole or building a fence. It's exhausting. He gets all sweaty, but it also lights him up. And also there are times when you need to like do something new, That feels clumsy and maybe it doesn't light you up because it doesn't feel easy and you get really frustrated because you're not good at it at first. But if you follow that thing that you're like, you know, ultimately I know this is a skill I need um, and, you know, move through it. And sometimes, depending on where you're at and what you can afford to do and, you know, the situation that you're in, we can't always just drop everything and follow our dreams. But what I do, what advice I do have for everybody is just, keep the energy moving, keep it flowing. Ask yourself these questions. If you ever find yourself in a position of like, that's it, the end, no one cares. You know, like, you know how I was saying how I felt in 2017 that I had a job, it paid the bills, it was fine, but I felt so dead inside being there. And I'm not saying you need to like quit your job and, you know, become a full-time yoga teacher and, you know, you lose your house and all those kinds of things what I am saying is don't let that spark die. Don't let, I like to say, do not let the muse find someone else. Like if you have this idea, keep the energy moving forward. Ask yourself, what can I do with the circumstances that I have? And even just that little spark, that little light, like inside your belly, that is enough to just get you through the day, Um And if you don't have that light, then I I do feel like, oh my gosh, I can't even do this. So my final tip for you on how to transition from an employee mindset to an entrepreneur mindset where you can, you know, your income is limitless. You can do as much or as little as you want. For me, I like to do a lot. Um, and I don't like working somewhere where I feel limited (laughs) on what I can do. Like, no, just sit here and do this and don't ask any questions. Just sit here and do this. Um, but some people are like, oh my God, my work had me doing way too much. I just want to do one thing very, very well. And I want to be known for it. And I want to get paid a lot for it. Wherever you are, my final tip for you is to invest in your joy and your pleasure because you, the artist, the entrepreneur, whatever you, whatever title you read, resonate as, the creative spirit that you are, ideas are coming to you and you are making them a reality. You are creating things with your hands. You are b- delivering services to people. You are making content that people ingest. And you are setting the tone energetically for your clients, your customers, the people who are in your sphere. If you do not romanticize every freaking detail about your life, the hard parts, the frustrating parts, the exhausting parts, if you don't, if you, whenever you're going through something frustrating and ugly and you hate it and you can't wait till you're over with it, because that's going to happen. If you don't sit there and envision yourself on a talk show in 20 years from now, telling the adoring audiences around you, oh my God, I was in this situation and it was so hard and you know, the bank was foreclosing on my house and I was $30,000 in debt. And, you know, I had $14 in my bank account. And and then this amazing thing happened and I, I took a risk and everything paid off. Like whatever that story is, like literally envision yourself on a talk show saying how you got out of that situation and how now that was like the greatest thing that ever happened to you. That's what I do. And whenever I am... Um, Drinking my cup of coffee or my Diet Coke because I live with my parents and they don't let me drink coffee when I live with them, which is a true story, but they let me drink Diet Coke. I don't know. Drinking my Diet Coke or, um, you know, taking my walk in like this dangerous neighborhood that I live in and walking my dogs over busted glass. Whatever it is that you're doing, romanticize it and invest in your joy and pleasure. And that means actually taking time and doing the things that you know are fun. Um, you know, go to an ax throwing bar. I don't know. Go to the, one of those places where you can smash things with a hammer for an hourly rate. They have one of those enrichment here. Um, go see somebody who just makes you feel good to be around them. Go see your family, pet a dog. Like you really need to make sure that you invest in those slow moments or those fun and exciting moments and really be there knowing that that is helping your business because people are coming to you. And you are the artist. You are the leader. And you are so much more attractive. You're so much more magnetic. People want to learn from you when you set the tone of how life gets to be. Even if you think that, like, oh, you know, I I sell products on Etsy. Who cares what I do on the weekends? Like, that really infuses through your product. That is the difference between your product and something that was made in a factory and you know, someone just picked it off of a shelf and they didn't care about it. Like there is so much love and joy and pleasure infused in everything you do. And you might not think that people can tell, but they really can. <laughs> in my, in my, you know, how many years? Four years, like yeah, four years. Oh my God. Four years, if not more, experience of in this entrepreneur space, I know that people can tell. People can tell the difference when you're burnt out, you're exhausted, you're resentful. I mean, there's one thing about being exhausted. I'm pretty exhausted these days because I got a baby. Um, But I don't feel burnt out. I don't feel resentful. I, in fact, probably feel the most lit up because I love my son. I love my house. I love my life. I love the work that I do. And I romanticize every freaking minute of it. I romanticize my little walks that I go and get my iced coffee and I really practice that presence. Um, and I don't think that, you know, this is all happening to me. This is all happening for me. Um, I, you know, (laughs) every morning I have oatmeal and it's usually cold by the time I get to it because my mornings are a little full right now. Um, but it's cold, but I, I love, I love it. I really, really love it. And actually one of Evan's friends made a comment about how unappetizing my oatmeal looked, but like, it's just so full of nuts and like, it's got a banana in it and it's got like all these grains in it. And I feel awesome after eating it. And it's like, I don't care what he thinks. Um, I, I love every detail of it. And when you do that, you really do build this momentum to that feeling becoming tangible things that's kind of like one of the, the, the basic tenets of manifestation is that like the feeling creates the thing. Um, so I really do feel like I live in a house that allows me to have this delicious life. And, you know, keep in mind, this is not like a super fancy house. Like this is an old house in a nice neighborhood. Like when I say nice, I mean, it's like, it's quaint. I don't live in like the Hills or I don't live in a gated community or anything like that. Um, but, I live in like what I feel like is a product of the emotions that have been building up. So pay attention to those little things because those details will be infused in your results as an entrepreneur. Okay, so that's all that I have for today. I got to go. I got to go teach um, a little course, a little pop-up class on being in your own body, which is something that I've been learning a lot about in the past couple years, and um, especially as being a new mom, how can you like literally be in your own body, be a vessel in your body? How can you make your soul feel like it's in your body? I teach it inside this Facebook group called Google. Um, If you're listening and you're curious, I can add you to it. It's free. Um, But I got to get ready for that, and I got to go eat my cold oatmeal. So um, wherever you are out there, be well, be good to your people, be good to your clientele, be good to the people who support you and know that there's always support. There's always energy and abundance and just like things eager to serve you all around you. And that might be hard to believe sometimes. Trust me, I get it. I just came out of a huge like spout of like, why me, why me, why me? Like this isn't all for nothing. But now I'm on the other side of it and I'm like, whew, I'm so glad I stuck through that. I love you guys so much. Until next time. Mua!